Hello everyone and welcome to PA Study Sesh. I'm your host McKenna Morgan and this week we're going to be kicking off the GI chapter and discussing disorders of the esophagus. All right everybody, welcome back. This week we are kicking off chapter three of PA Study Sesh. I'm excited to be continuing on this board review journey with you. For those of you who have been here since chapter one, welcome back. And for those of you who are just learning about PA Study Sesh, welcome to the podcast. Today we're going to be discussing disorders of the esophagus. On the blueprint of those taking it after 2019, this is listed as esophagitis, gastroesophageal reflux disease, aka GERD, motility disorders. Mallory Weiss tears, neoplasms, varices, and strictures. And I'm just going to say right up front that there's not a lot of information on strictures. There's about a line about Schatzky rings in a book that I found somewhere and webs. And so I'm just going to leave it out. So if you really want to know, go learn it. But I just there was so little information. I don't think it's worth your time. Spend some more time on GERD. So without further ado, we'll just dive in with our questions. What drug is used to treat herpes simplex virus? Acyclovir. I know it doesn't sound GI related, but you'll find out why in just a second. What is the number one type of esophageal cancer worldwide? I'm looking for a cell type. This is squamous cell. What medication is indicated for patients with esophageal varices to prevent bleeding? Non-selective beta blocker. Okay. Uh, we're gonna go ahead and we're gonna start with what I think is the most common disease on this list, and that being GERD. For those of you who have been through rotation, you've probably seen it a bajillion times. Um, this is relaxation of the lower esophageal sphincter, which then allows for the stomach acid to reflux, which causes mucosal injury, because that mucosa is not used to the pH that the gastric mucosa is. Symptoms here. Remembering that there are a lot of symptoms that are possible, but I'm only going to point out the relevant ones. Big symptom, heartburn. This is usually 30 to 60 minutes postprandial. Patients will often complain that it's worse when they're lying down. And that makes sense because that increases pressure on that lower esophageal sphincter when they lie down. Another thing just to kind of clue you in on, if you ever have a patient with a chronic cough on a board question, think GERD. I saw it a lot in the reviewed questions. Just kind of keep that in the back of your mind. It's irritating and it will cause them to cough. So um, not all coughs are pulmonary related. Diagnosis of GERD is typically a clinical one. However, GERD can both progress to more complicated slash serious diseases or mimic more serious diseases. So. If you're concerned about those or the symptoms are persisting despite treatment, you want to get an upper endoscopy 
This is also called an EGD, which stands for esophagogastroduodenoscopy. Breaking that down, esophagogastroduodenoscopy. So again, looking at those three structures, that's what this is for. You're just sticking a camera and that's as far as it'll go. It's anything we wanna look at, the lining of the esophagus, the stomach, and the duodenum. Now, we'll talk about what those other diseases that it could be later in this episode. Another test we can do is called a 24-hour ambulatory pH monitoring. It's the gold standard diagnostic test for GERD, but naturally, as a gold standard, it's invasive and expensive, so we don't do it very often. So moving on to management. Always want to start conservative with lifestyle modifications. Recommend these patients eat smaller meals and avoid lying down for three hours after eating. Diet changes. The big culprits here are nearly everything. Fatty, spicy, chocolate, caffeine, peppermint, and citrus foods. Also alcohol, all big culprits in GERD. Want to encourage these patients to lose weight, big risk factor, and of course, smoking cessation. Okay, I think the big ones to remember, fatty, spicy, citrus, chocolate, and caffeine. That's not enough. We can move on to medications, of course. Starting with H2 receptor antagonists or H2 receptor blockers. These are drugs that all end in tidine, T-I-D-I-N-E, such as ranitidine, aka Zantac, but remember that boards do not use brand names. That's not enough, or their symptoms are really severe. We're going to move on to proton pump inhibitors, aka PPIs. And I these are really easy to remember because there's P's in them, and their suffix is prazole, so such as ameprazole is a PPI. Okay. Other things, the complications that I was mentioning, esophagitis, Barrett's esophagus, which basically is kind of a precancerous condition, uh, which the squamous epithelium, which is what's normally in the esophagus, is replaced by precancerous columnar cells from the stomach. And then, of course, we have precancers, then we can have cancer. So we'll talk about those more as the episode goes on. First of those, we're going to stop talk about esophagitis, the number one cause being GERD. Risk factors are all of your GERD risk factors, smoking, obesity, alcohol use, chocolate, spicy foods, also NSAIDs, also pregnancy. Pregnancy is a risk factor for GERD. I just didn't mention it earlier. Symptoms here, painful swallowing. This is also called odynophagia, breaking down your root words, dino is pain, phagia is swallowing, and then difficulty swallowing. Dys, you think bad, phagia, swallowing. Okay. Diagnosis again, we're looking at the lining of the structure, the esophagus in this case. So upper endoscopy, a.k.a. an EGD. Management for esophagitis is treating the underlying cause. And I say that because there are also other causes of esophagitis that we're going to talk about. So in this case, we're going to go back to our GERD causes. But another type of esophagitis is called infectious esophagitis. 
and this is typically in immunocompromised patients. These are our HIV patients, our patients receiving cancer treatment, etc. Three main culprits here: Candida, you know, our lovely, our lovely yeast, linear yellow white plaques on EGD. Treatment for Candida is PO gluconazole. Okay, so they're going to take a pill, not a trochee, which we'll talk about in a different unit entirely. Um, CMV stands for cytomegalovirus. We talk about this a lot with our immunocompromised patients. On EGD, this is described as large, superficial, or shallow ulcers. And this is, we're going to contrast this with HSV. And how I remember this is it's mega low virus, so mega and low. Mega kind of like large, and then low like shallow. So it's mega low, large and low ulcers. All right? Treatment for CMV is always gancyclovir. It's a virus, so it automatically gets a cyclovir. This particular one is gancyclovir. And then HSV, herpes simplex virus. Hence our question earlier in the episode. These are small, deep ulcers, and the treatment here is acyclovir. Another type of esophagitis is eosinophilic esophagitis. Whenever you hear of eosinophils, I want you to think of allergies and inflammation. And that's what this is caused from. It's an allergic inflammatory response. So since this is an allergy, these guys are really likely to have other allergies, some other atopic disease, asthma, eczema, other allergies. Typically here, it may also be a food allergy. On EGD, it's going to be described as multiple corrugated rings. And I think of this because eosinophils and rings look like O's, all the O's. Treatment here. Remove allergens, as I mentioned, usually food triggers. And then it's an immune response. What drugs knock down immune systems really well? Steroids. In this case, inhaled steroids without a spacer. All right. Last type of esophagitis, and we've actually already covered this, but I wanted it here for completeness sake. Um, and this is pill-induced esophagitis. And it's commonly associated, let's see if you guys can remember, give you a minute, with bisphosphonates and NSAIDs. Remember the bisphosphonates being the drug of choice for osteoporosis. Uh, this is more of a prevention measure. We want to tell our patients to take pills with a full glass of water and remain upright for 30 to 60 minutes after ingestion. Okay, uh, next up, big bad cancer, neoplasms. First type is squamous cell. This is the number one cause of esophageal cancer worldwide. This is more commonly in the upper third of the esophagus, and I'll explain that when we switch cancer types. Risk factors here are anything that's really irritating to the esophagus, including smoking, and alcohol. 
Patients here are generally age 50 to 70. And this really all makes sense when you put it together. Worldwide, there are a lot of smokers. There are a lot of people who drink alcohol. And there are a lot of people who are exposed to what they call noxious stimuli. The patients here are older because it's that stimuli over time that leads to that cancer. In my head, I put the upper third of the esophagus is because that's where, that's the part of the esophagus that is most exposed. Generally, the bottom part isn't as exposed to the rest of the world. Whether that's actually the logic, I'm not sure but that's what made sense in my head. So this is as opposed to adenocarcinoma. This is the number one esophageal cancer in the United States. And this is typically a complication of GERD. Remember Barrett's esophagus? Adenocarcinoma comes from Barrett's esophagus. So logically, it's in the lower third of the esophagus. The irritant is coming from the bottom, not from the top. And this is more commonly in young, obese Caucasians. In the US, I would say our obesity epidemic is significantly higher than it is in the rest of the world. So that's how I remember the difference between worldwide and US. There are far more, I just think of the U.S. as a more obese nation than as the world as a whole. There are a lot of less obesity throughout the world versus smoking and alcohol exposure. Does that make sense? Hopefully so. Symptoms regardless of which cancer type. Progressive dysphagia. So their dysphagia gets worse. First they have trouble with solids and then fluids. That makes sense. They have a tumor growing in their esophagus. As it gets bigger, smaller and smaller things have trouble getting through. Okay. Also painful swallowing. And then as always with cancer, we worry when we have unintentional weight loss. Okay. Diagnosis. It's a lining issue. So upper endoscopy. But we're also going to get a biopsy because it's cancer and we biopsy cancers. All right. Moving away from that spectrum of disease, and we're going to talk about achalasia. Uh, what this is, this is the loss of the Auerbach's plexus. And basically, this causes increased lower esophageal pressure. So almost the exact opposite. So instead of the sphincter being loose, it is so tight because that plexus is responsible for allowing that sphincter to relax. So here, it's just closed tight, and it causes it to obstruct. So symptoms, dysphagia to solids and liquids, because you're just closed shut. Diagnosis is a test called esophageal manometry. This is the gold standard. It's also called an esophageal motility study, which makes sense anytime we want to talk about any motion or for lack of a better word, strength of anything of the esophagus, manometry is the way to go. Positive here is increased lower esophageal pressure. Makes sense? That's the definition. You may also get an upper GI series, also known as a barium swallow. 
By the way, I apologize for whoever decided to name everything two things. It's the most annoying and it took me a long time. So hopefully I can help you guys make sense of all that. So barium swallow. This is those pretty pictures where it's white. Basically then they, so they swallow this barium contrast dye and we take pictures of it. And here, because that lower esophageal sphincter is closed so tight, the barium comes to almost like a funnel point and it looks like a bird's beak. So we call it a bird's beak appearance. So know that. Management of this, kind of an ongoing process. You can try a botulinum injection. Nitrates, again, causes things to relax. Uh, calcium channel blockers or pneumatic dilation of the lower esophageal sphincter. All right, Mallory-Weiss syndrome slash Mallory-Weiss tears. This is an upper GI bleed from longitudinal mucosal lacerations at the GE junction. Okay, that was a lot of words. So it's an upper GI bleed at the junction between the stomach and the esophagus. Big buzzword here, it's associated with vomiting after an alcohol binge or bulimia. Just associated with a lot of vomiting. Let's know that together. So it's bleeding and it's vomiting. So your symptom here is hematemesis. Makes sense, doesn't it? Pretty good. Diagnosis, again, is an upper endoscopy. You're visualizing something in the esophagus again. You're going to see those lash lacerations. Uh, you don't have to do anything about them, though. It's purely supportive management. There is some other stuff we can do, but I just want you to know supportive. As opposed to esophageal varices. These are dilations of veins due to portal vein hypertension. And remember that the portal vein comes from the liver. So risk factor here, cirrhosis. So we're going to talk about hepatic disease later at some point. Um, so whenever you're talking about that and they're talking about a patient with liver disease and all of a sudden they have an upper GI bleed, think more varices versus um, Mallory-Weiss syndrome. Symptoms here, they have an upper GI bleed, so they may be vomiting blood. Diagnosis here, again, endoscopy. Management is ligation via the endoscope. Treatment of choice. It's also a medication called octreotide. It's a vasoconstrictor. Next up there, we want to talk about prevention because it's the second bleed that kills them. We want to use non-selective beta blockers such as propranolol or natalol. So make sure that they get on a beta blocker if you have a patient with esophageal varices. All right, uh, final topic for today. It's very fast. It's called a hiatal hernia. And there's two types. There's sliding. It's the most common. And it's kind of like that fun like water gel toy that you used to win at the arcade. And you squeeze it and like all the fluid goes to one side and you squeeze it to the other way. That's... Uh, that's what I think of it as. And so basically like part of the stomach goes up above the diaphragm and then sometimes it slides back down. Uh, treatment for that is just like GERD. The other one is called paraesophageal. 
The root word para, meaning to the side of or by one side. So it's to the side of the esophagus. And basically that's where the stomach then gets kind of pinched and folded up to the side. So it's almost like a little pocket next to the esophagus. And that one you want to treat surgically if you find it because it may lead to a strangulation. So that's everything. All right. Hopefully everything made sense today. That was a pretty quick episode, but I just didn't really feel like adding the next section because then it would be a very long episode. So let's just end with our questions. What may be described on a barium swallow or an upper GI series of a patient with achalasia? This is a bird's beak appearance. What are Mallory Weiss tears usually caused by? Persistent vomiting, typically following an alcohol binge, but also bulimia. What is the treatment for esophagitis caused by candida? And this is P-O-fluconazole. All right, five takeaway points from today's episode. Number one, motility disorders are diagnosed by manometry. Number two, any disease involving the lining of the esophagus, stomach, or duodenum equals upper endoscopy, aka EGD. Makes sense in the name, scope meaning look, and then esophago, gastro, duodenum, EGD. Number three, initial drug of choice for GERD equals H2 blockers. Number four, esophageal varices means they get a non-selective beta blocker, such as propranolol or natalol. Number five, progressive dysphagia equals concern from malignancy. Initial dysphagia to solid and liquids suggests achalasia. All right, and that's it for today. Shorter episode, but I'm okay with that. Pretty sure you guys are okay with that too. Um, if you guys have any questions or concerns, as always, this podcast is for you guys. You can send me an email at pastudysesh at gmail.com. Head on over to my website, pastudysesh.blueberry.net, and that's blueberry with no E's for uh, complete copies of my show notes, as well as the blueprint for both 2018 and 2019 test takers. If you head on over to the resources page, you can find uh, my review and a link to Picmonic that will give you 20% off your subscription. From today's episode, they have some great Picmonics that will talk about Gandalf and Gancyclovir titting teddy bears, and PPI pretzels. This product actually does work. You're gonna have to take my word for it, but I did not have to look up the Picmonics to remember those character names. So it really does work. I highly recommend it. And there's a link there for you guys to get 20% off your subscription. So highly recommend that's on the resources page at pastudysesh.blueberry.net. Um, I'd like to thank Lee Rosevere for this song's Curiosity and Tech Toys as the intro, outro, and question portions of this podcast. And uh, next week, we're going to continue on with GI. I haven't quite decided. I was going to go proximal to distal, but the stomach section is super duper small, but the intestine section is really, really long. So we're kind of probably going to mix and match, but you know, it'll all get covered in the end and we're just going to be flexible about it. So I would really appreciate it if you would share this podcast with your friends. I would really love it if you'd leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to this podcast. That would really help me grow. 
Um, and I would appreciate your feedback, pastudysush.gmail.com. So I hope you guys have a wonderful week and a wonderful Labor Day weekend. Take a little bit of time for yourself with the extra day off, even if it's just a couple of hours to go have some fun. So um, I'm definitely going to take a little R&R &R and go up the mountains again. So enjoy your guys' week and uh, happy studying.